Hey everyone, before we begin this episode, I have a quick announcement. If you like listening to this podcast, then please consider helping us financially. In the episode description, there's a link that will show you different monthly subscriptions that you could purchase to help this podcast continue and grow. Thank you so much for considering supporting us, and without further ado, let's start this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Daily. I'm Ben Fulon. I am Holly Fulon. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I'm actually sitting here with my mom, which is pretty great because I've never had her on the podcast before, but she's one of my few listeners <laughs> that listens uh, consistently, so thanks for being on. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start off with just giving a brief story of who you are and where you came from? <laughs> okay, I came from a single mom household um that was uh pretty challenging um we i definitely grew up well below the poverty level and was a recipient of like state aid and assistance so welfare um my relationship with my mom when i was young was pretty good i felt like i i definitely met her needs for loneliness uh because she certainly had me around her a lot until she didn't want me to be there Mm. and then she would send me to church uh with anybody who would take me so i got to experience a lot of different religions growing up and I believed in God at a very, very young age. Um, so, five yeah. or younger. Yeah. And um, I knew that I would be a person of faith. I was ridiculously pompous in actually telling God, I will follow you when I'm ready. I want to have fun. Um, and only by his grace did he allow me to live through that Hmm. so that I could be uh, a follower Um, I always wanted to be a mom and a wife Um, but reflecting at this stage of the game I think I really mainly wanted to be a mom (laughs) I didn't want my kids to come from a divorced household because Mm -hmm. Uh, I came from a single parent household and I never wanted my family to experience that. Um, So I got married uh, to somebody that I couldn't believe would even be interested in me. I had very Mm -hmm. low self-esteem and low um, value of like myself Mm -hmm. and that that I think that came from growing up with a mom who struggled with her own self-worth and her own um, you know identity and so she just definitely actually put a lot of that off onto me um, and would tell me things like nobody would ever want me and I would never you know amount to anything, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. 
so I didn't realize how much I believed her uh, because I was stubborn and strong-willed and I was like that's never going to be me mm-hmm. um, but uh, once I got into a marriage I realized I did believe a lot of what my mom had said because I mm. allowed a lot of um, not great things to happen in my marriage um, some of the best things though were the kids mm-hmm. so the best things that came out of that marriage were <laughs> were you guys that's, so yeah that's awesome um <clears throat> yeah you've had <laughs> quite a crazy life uh and there's some questions that I'm, I'm actually really happy about this opportunity to get to talk to you because i mean i obviously know your story i've heard it a, a lot but this gives me the chance to ask you questions that i normally wouldn't have the chance to ask um and if there's something where you don't feel it being comfortable in the podcast i can just edit it out um but actually one of the questions i want to ask is um you mentioned self-esteem um and having low self-esteem when you're growing up with your mom who wasn't uh, very encouraging towards you and then um going into marriage but um towards your more recent um adult life how has that self-esteem um progressed like do you feel like you have a higher self-esteem the longer that you've been a christian or the more struggles you go through it um deteriorates so as as a christian or as when i became a new like a a new believer Mm -hmm. um how old was i 27 Mm. Um, I understood then, you know, during my first year of being a believer, Mm -hmm. that my identity was in Christ and understanding that all this time that I didn't have a father, Mm -hmm. that I actually did. Um, and for the first time in my life, I felt accepted, Mm. um, for who I was, um, The longer I've been a believer, um, there have been significant challenges to that. Like, mm-hmm. I I definitely understand um, with a f- head knowledge of my value. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard not to be swayed by what happens in daily life or the trials that God allows into my life. Mm-hmm. Um and I think what firms, like, I, I don't think that my um, self-esteem is really anywhere near where it should be, mm-hmm. but I do feel a responsibility to attempt to p- portray that I have <laughs> a strong uh, self-esteem, yeah. mainly, you know, for Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, for sure. That's... That's really important because that's something that a lot of um, a lot of people deal with, um, men and women, really. But um, I like your take a lot 
because you're actually the first uh, woman I've had on the podcast, <laughs> uh, which is, yeah, I feel like that should have happened earlier. But, um, and so that gives like a whole new opportunity for questions because um, self-esteem is something that a ton of people deal with, but it's especially um, something that a lot of women deal with. Um, and a lot of that's because of um, the environments that they've been brought up in. Um, and how that can hurt them. And so, yeah, for sure. I, I definitely hear what you're saying because I don't know, a lot of people have different views of self-esteem. A lot of people think that, um, a lot of people have extreme views of it. Like, Mm -hmm. like, um, love yourself, like choose yourself, like do what, like, have you heard like the term, like treat yourself? Right. Um, that's something that a lot of people Um, around my age say and believe it's just it's a constant thing of just trying to please yourself trying to um, do whatever you can to benefit yourself because you feel like you deserve it and um, yeah you deserve it but then there's the other extreme where it's like you've been brought up in an environment where you don't feel like you deserve anything you feel like um, like nothing like anything good that you don't deserve like you said that when you got married you were shocked because you didn't believe that you should be with a guy like that because he's <laughs> in your mind too good. Um, yes. Looking back, you were you you were definitely the one too good for him, um, for sure. And um, and so there's a lot of extremes that people believe with that, but as Christians, it brings in a whole different like God and Jesus bring in a whole different perspective of it because your self-esteem shouldn't be based on other people's belief or perception of you um, or what's happened to you or what you feel like you deserve, but it's based on the love that you've received from God, right? Because, Because we all know the story of, like, yeah, God created us and us being sinful, broken people, we chose to go our own ways and try to satisfy ourselves. And that caused separation, but only because of his love and grace and nothing because of what we did, do we get to um, experience God again. And that's a really humbling thing, too. But at the same time, it humbles you, but your self-esteem grows to a healthy amount because you realize that there's nothing you could deserve to be loved by God. But yet you are, you know, and that's. If God can love you, and God knows, like, the worst, most terrible thing about you, then you can love you, and you can love others based on God's love for you. Um, Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, that's something that a lot of people deal with. I definitely dealt with that a lot um, in high school, for sure. Um, But yeah, another thing that I want to get to talk to you about is... I mean, you mentioned it briefly in your your little recap of your life, but um, what was it like growing up? You grew up in a home that was very different than the home that you've raised me and Arthur and Emily in. Um, what was it like raising, and still, uh, raising us in a Christian environment and one where you encourage us to focus on Jesus most of all, instead of a lot of people's, um, a lot of people's focus, a lot of, like, basically 
my dad's focus of like be successful like financially successful and be liked by people um you have a different view and you raise this differently than that and so i don't know how was how was that for you because you didn't receive an upbringing where you were taught to focus on jesus and love jesus but yet you learn that and you're teaching it to us i so i found it to be god got a hold of me mm-hmm. he um when I said I had a belief of God from a very early age, it was it was in response to um, really Him giving me peace over dark things, like mm-hmm. things that really scared me. Yeah. As a child, that I guess we, you know, we could say are demons, or mm-hmm. you know, I know that children have a lot of fears, um, but I knew that God could conquer those fears. Yeah. Um, and he did. Uh, mm. He did for me. Um, I did not... I knew I wanted to be a mom, but I didn't know what kind of mom I was going to be like. Mm-hmm. I just knew what I didn't want to be like. <laughs> um, I didn't want to be like my mom. I didn't want to have a family to fulfill my need mm-hmm. and one of the things that really attracted me to your dad was that he really wanted to be a dad he mm-hmm. wanted to be a dad <laughs> and I thought okay well he's like got a good job and he's uh, financially stable mm-hmm. and he was a lot of fun yeah and he was a friend to me he we enjoyed each other's company and mm-hmm. seemed to want the same things <laughs> um But what I realized when I had Arthur was I was 23 years old and I had to figure out what kind of mom I wanted to be because Mm -hmm. it only took me a few short months to realize that your dad wanted to be a father, a dad, so that he could be one. Mm -hmm. He wanted a child so that he could say he was a dad. Mm -hmm. So that he could do all of these like superficial shallow things mm-hmm. um and you know i i can't really you know demonize your dad wanting to be a dad to sure. do these shallow things mm-hmm. because i wanted to be a mom really because i wanted to love i wanted unconditional love mm-hmm. and i wanted to love and i wanted the ability to have proof that I wasn't like my mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so both yeah. of those reasons are not good reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I got that there was no way that I was ever going to be a good mom just not being like mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so very shortly after I had Arthur I told your dad I want to go to church I really Mm -hmm. felt like I wanted to hide from God yeah and religion really wasn't a conversation that your dad and I had had Mm. um or even he said he believed in God because that was one of my questions he needed to believe in God (laughs) I get now with maturity and years that 
there's all kinds of different ways to oh yeah believe yeah <laughs> um and my belief wasn't his belief mm-hmm. um and so i i knew um i knew mm. i needed him yeah. there was no way that i was going to be able to do my job or be mm-hmm. any kind of help to this little child without him mm. there's no way um and your dad can continue to refuse to go to church with me because i would ask and he would say it's full of hypocrites <laughs> and i was too ashamed to go alone yeah um and so i did nothing except love completely and invest everything um mm-hmm. that i had i read a ton of parenting books <laughs> um to try to figure out how to be the best yeah or or how to at least not wreck a child mm-hmm. um you know too terribly bad um and then i had you so arthur was three mm-hmm. i had you we'd moved in next door to christian neighbors who invited us to church every day for a year and a half, every Sunday for (laughs) a year and a half, every week. And they were the most imperfect people uh, I had come across that went to church because Mm -hmm. prior to that, everybody who went to church was perfect or appeared perfect or ready or better. They didn't hide their issues. Yeah. Yeah. So our neighbors, the Fosses, did Mm -hmm. not hide any of their issues. And it it made me even that much more intrigued. and I asked your dad to go with me, and he still refused. And this time, I had support. Mm. Um, you know, my yeah. Julianne said mm-hmm. that she would stay in the nursery with you guys because <laughs> there was no way I was leaving you with people oh, yeah. that I did not know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they did that for me, and I knew that Sunday, mm. I knew that day, that there would not be a time that I would be apart from God. Mm. Um, not that I had ever been before, yeah. but I had made the decision that this was my commitment. Whatever that was going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and he provided me a community there that taught me how to be a wife because I did not know how to be a wife <laughs> Yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I, I learned a ton. It's God is the one who taught me he gave me the heart to learn Hmm. um he hasn't always told me things that I want to hear um at all he hasn't always um given me what I wanted Mm -hmm. at all um but he has definitely never left me Hmm. um he he is he has watched me cry out to him, like, where are you? Yeah. Um, how could you let this happen? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things. But those are relational things that... Yeah. They I weren't, think. like, doubtful cries, but they were more of, like, like uh, yeah. lamenting. Like, yeah, you look in the Psalms and David's lamenting and, like, oh, so many of them. Just yeah. um, soulful crying. I mm-hmm. was angry yeah. sometimes. Um, I didn't get, I've never really, so I was angry with God during the divorce mm-hmm. or during 
the, the stuff separation. that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I was angry there because my view was completely messed up. I really thought that he would answer my prayers <laughs> the way I prayed them. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> and he revealed to me just the really the ugliness of my heart mm-hmm. when I thought I was fine. Yeah. Um, he revealed to me my motives for my prayers. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to, you know, like I said, he doesn't always tell me everything I want to hear. But everything that's like of grave importance. So your your faith, mm-hmm. your brother's faith, your sister, um, your safety. Mm-hmm. Um, that's of grave importance to me. That's life or death importance to me. And he, mm-hmm. you know, he has provided um, you guys with teachable hearts um it's not really anything that like I can do I it's very evident that it's it's all him Mm -hmm. um so he um he's he's always been very active and kind Hmm. even during the hard things he's been very kind um and loving Hmm. so he teaches me daily how to be a mom because it's not it's not being a mom it yeah. really is working to die to yourself to to show Jesus mm-hmm. to you guys every day i mean if you you i it's not something that we i can just talk about it's yeah. um it's something that i have i want to live out Mm -hmm. and I need to live out yeah um but it is all his grace that gives you guys the willingness to listen Hmm. or not listen and learn (laughs) um so I get that he's he's humbled me much (laughs) much yeah 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 no for sure that's um that's really good it's, I don't know, it's cool hearing you talk about it because, I mean, obviously I've seen you live it out, but it's cool, like, just getting to have a conversation with you about it and just hearing more about what you believe and why you believe it so strongly. Um, because you've done an amazing job with um, raising me and Arthur and Emily, um, I think, because I see, I see a lot of my peers who are hear stories about like people who grow up in broken families and they they kind of fall off the deep end or kind of just just mellow out um and don't do much with their faith but I can say like looking at Arthur and Emily um they're they love Jesus and they're so passionate and I I'm I am too um but I love I love seeing Arthur and Emily and seeing God work in their lives, how, like, they've traveled, you know, across the world teaching English, they've, they worship, they lead music, they help out in nursery, they, like, they do whatever they can um, to serve God, and they're so young, too, you know, they're not, they're not people who waste time, um, 
but they're intentional with their time and what they do with it. And um, I know that's because of you and what God's done through you and your passion <clears throat> and focus for raising us. Um, I think uh, when marriages fall apart, mm-hmm. the parent's tendency mm-hmm. is to find somebody else. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, no, there are lots of great families. I look at like Hannah Beth's family. Oh yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Like they, they did something right. Like incredibly right Mm -hmm. with God's, you know, Mm -hmm. grace. But I, I just, and I read a lot of books. Uh, regarding during the divorce too whether it was I read a few secular books and a few Christian books Mm -hmm. Um, and I just pulled out key things I want this I don't want this I want (laughs) this I don't want this (laughs) and what are the behaviors that are that are do I need to exhibit Mm -hmm. to get this and not this yeah Um, and it no matter what kind of pain you're in as a parent mm-hmm. or a person, it can't. You can't let it take your focus off of what your life mission is. My yeah. life mission isn't to find another person to mm. be with. Yeah. I have people to be with. <laughs> um, it's you know it's you guys. Yeah. And you know what. You guys are going to find people to be with, and you're going to do those things, and yeah. that is fantastic. Um, but that's not that's not my mission. Mm-hmm. You know, my mission is, you know, as a mom, as a person, as as just who I am. Mm-hmm. It really is to invest in people. Yeah. Um, you three are my priority, mm-hmm. and hmm. it it's. It's always going to stay that way. Yeah. It's it's going to change, you know, like it has in recent years with you guys working and going to school. But the priorities never changed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the time spent is different. Mm-hmm. But for sure, uh, the priority is never going to change. Mm. That's good. So I I think that's where a lot of families just fall mm. apart during this process because the parents are hurting and seeking for themselves and there is not greater pain in the loss of a marriage than Mm -hmm. what the kids feel Mm. and there just isn't (laughs) um and it's just rebuilding like a family home and what Mm -hmm. is that going to look like and how is it going to be kept consistent Mm. and as an adult you have to deal with your things apart from that. Yeah. Um, still need to be dealt with, mm-hmm. but to, you know, I don't know. I watch, I've, I watch a lot of families, and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. So I mean, I guess I do. It'd be you know, once in a while, you know, once in mm-hmm. a while, I guess it's okay to. Just do something. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Completely selfish, all on your own. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I don't even know if I can really say that. Mm-hmm. But I've taken trips. I've. Yeah. 
I've done things. But if any one of you had ever said, don't, <laughs> I wouldn't have gone. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like... Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I... So... Yeah. And with remarriage or reintroducing somebody into the family... Mm-hmm. I can't imagine because I know God's structure, mm-hmm. right? I know what his desire is for a husband and a wife. And mm-hmm. I know that that husband would have to be counted, you know, first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I cannot see, mm. um, anything like that Hmm. uh, for me yeah because I can't uh, my so my a great concern would be what if he said we're going here for Christmas and (laughs) I I don't know yeah I just or I just can't I can't Mm -hmm. do it I like um I'm I guess I'm comfortable Mm -hmm. with just having things the way they are and yeah. you guys coming first mm. I um, I prefer that mm. thank you well <laughs> I love you yeah I, I love shouldn't you too. look any other way mm. <laughs> I just that's not what it just shouldn't look any other way mm-hmm. that's not the biblical model the biblical model is die to yourself mm. die to yourself yes there are, you know, different facets of that. You can die to yourself so much that you're a doormat mm. and treated poorly. Yeah. And is is that right? Wrong? Mm-hmm. No, there's balance. Yeah. It kind of goes with the self-esteem. Yeah. There's, there's balance. So with the self-esteem issue, I still battle um, quite a bit. Like if something really negative happens to me mm-hmm. or... I don't know, let's say I'm doing the absolute best I can at work and I'm not getting any feedback or not getting Mm -hmm. any recognition. Those, you know, well, I'm not worth it. I'm not, you know, I'm just going to continue to be passed up or Mm. I'm not worth investing in. Those thoughts do come up um, a lot. But somebody said to me, her name was Deb, and I remember... We, I was in the middle of the divorce and I was really struggling, really struggling. And um, I told her that I was never going to be treated right and that I might as well just go back to your dad. Mm-hmm. And she didn't even really know me. <laughs> she was just a coworker that I happened to... She asked me how I was, and I was like, it was one of those moments. I was like, you know what? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm never going to be treated right. I don't deserve anything good, you know, like, Mm -hmm. relationally, that's going to happen in my life. I might as well just go back to my husband. Mm. And she said, with ferocity, like, she was really Mm. angry. Like, if she could have shaken me, she would (laughs) have. And she said, I don't ever want to hear you say anything like that again. Mm. Because your soul is listening. Hmm. So what my thought process and what my mouth is saying, like my soul is listening. Hmm. And my soul is going to believe me Yeah. Uh, over any, you're valuable, Holly, you're <laughs> worth it, you're a, a daughter of Christ, yeah. you're, 
you know, mm-hmm. my soul's going to believe what I say. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important, I learned then, to talk to yourself better. I, s- mm-hmm. I still, so I have a poor self-image, like body image. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember Arthur telling me, some, you know, he's like, stop talking about yourself like that. Emily mm-hmm. can hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't say a whole lot anymore. I used to say a lot of things like, oh, I'm too fat or, mm-hmm. um, I'm still working on that, you know, sure. I'm okay. So I still think a lot of those thoughts, mm-hmm. but I definitely don't vocalize them as much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, you are beautiful, you know, I, mm. <laughs> you are mom. <laughs> Thank you. Honey. But I think. Mm. It, the, you know, it's going to sound ridiculous and cheesy, but, like, the older I get, the more I understand that mm-hmm. beauty, beautiful is, Sabrina can call me, mm-hmm. and I can make her feel better. You know what's beautiful? Yeah. That. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful is helping someone not feel alone. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful, and if I can do that. I know that it's not me. I know that yeah, it's Jesus. Of right. Sometimes we've had friends come into our lives that I'm like, <laughs> they want to be here all the time. They want to be here all the time. And, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we know, and I've said it to you over and mm-hmm. over. It's Jesus in us. You you guys know it's not. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not It's not you. It's, it's not, not Arthur. It's not me. And mm-hmm. it's not Emily. It's For sure. People are curious because they see Jesus. Yeah. Because we're just people. Mm-hmm. So if we're living out his values, if he gives us the strength to do that mm-hmm. and the ability to do that, and we we are doing it so imperfectly any, every day, so yeah. imperfectly, that people are curious or people just want to be near you mm-hmm. because you make them feel better, Yeah, that is beautiful. Yeah, it is. Definitely. And I feel like for you that kind of goes into work at your work as well um you're very good at your job um you've only recently been recognized for it Mm -hmm. but um you're a manager at home depot and you you run the entire front end of the store and you're just incredible at it and not and it shocks a lot of people shocks a lot of your co-workers too because for them it's just a paycheck but for you it's it's a job, so you do get money, but you have your life focus as well, which is investing in people and loving people and spreading God's love through that. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that kind of shape your environment and the people who are under you at the job? So the way that it shapes the environment is, first, I'm hel- I, I hold myself to a really high standard because if I'm going to be there representing Jesus, whether they know I'm representing Jesus or mm-hmm. not, yeah. um, and which most of them do. <laughs> uh, they know my faith. Yeah. Um, I need to be on my game. Yeah. Right? I mm-hmm. don't get to lose it mm-hmm. there. I don't get to do any of that. And I'm so much better for it. Like, not me better as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think pridefully. But... It gives me a stronger faith when I say that mm-hmm. I'm better for it. Um, I think 
we don't know where everybody is coming from. And as and I do support going to church. I know that we're not supposed to forsake the gathering of the brethren. Mm-hmm. Um, however, for me, my mission field is the Oregon City Home Depot. Mm-hmm. And anyone there that works there that's a believer knows I'm a believer, and they come and they'll mm-hmm. talk to me, and we just point. I just point them back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But um, it's important to me that people know what my faith is so they know where it's coming from yeah um but it creates an environment of of safety people feel like they can tell me how they feel today was a little difficult i'm (laughs) i'm off today Mm -hmm. and one of my head cashiers sent me a text and was like are you working today and Mm -hmm. i i didn't want to respond yeah (laughs) uh because no Mm mm-hmm uh, but I just, I said, no, I'm not. Are you, are you okay? Mm. And, you know, they were like, well, I just had some things going on at home. Mm. So. So they feel like they're comfortable coming yes. to Yes. And then I, and our cashier was like, I'm sorry that she texted mm. me. And she was like, I'm sorry to text you on your day off, but can we chat? Mm. So I didn't. Yeah. I you're so much, you're so much more than a boss to them. <laughs> I just. <laughs> and awesome. so, yes. But with that right comes some really good structure mm-hmm. like i i did respond to the the first one mm-hmm. i haven't responded to the second one because mm-hmm. i know that's probably a longer conversation for sure and with her it's probably better face to face yeah i'm sure something is mm-hmm. frustrating her so i will text her later and say hey i'm in this day or this day mm-hmm. and we'll i'll get with you yeah so you know i think we i've talked to you about legacy mm-hmm. and Sometimes it's frustrating to not get recognized mm-hmm. uh, for good things or all the hard work yeah. or to work so hard and still not meet like certain metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, what what do I want there? Yes, I, I do I do want to succeed there financially mm-hmm. sure um, because that benefits my family yeah. Um, but more than that, I, it's what do you want to be known for? Mm-hmm. I might be, I am several people's first boss. Yeah. So whatever expectation is set for them there um, should carry them on. I don't, I'm not just their boss. Mm-hmm. You know, I look for strengths and weaknesses in everybody yeah. That's on my team, and I have over 50 people. Mm-hmm. And the sphere of influence has, you know, grown. I was mm-hmm. just an associate coming into contact with mm-hmm. a few people, and then yeah. at the service desk, hundreds of people every day, mm-hmm. um, just brief interactions. Um, and then in appliances, I had a pack mm-hmm. of six people that <laughs> um, really, really... Um, I loved investing in and mm-hmm. becoming like part of a team with them yeah. and having them understand. And I tell them all, like, I spend more time here than I do at home with my own family. Mm-hmm. So I, I am not just here to work. I am not just here to meet the metrics. We are a for-profit business, so sure. I am shooting for <laughs> all of those things. Yeah, But I believe wholeheartedly that 
we'll make those profits if we invest in the people that are mm. doing the daily tasks. Yeah. And, you know, I know I get like a lift if my bosses say, hey, great job mm-hmm. last week. I get it. So how much more of a lift can I give other people by saying, I'm really glad you came in or mm-hmm. asking about their lives because there's yeah. so much life that happens outside of work. <laughs> Um, so I, my legacy there mm. is I want it to be that like I didn't, I invested in people. Yeah. That's good. I, I, you know, all of this stuff that we see, you know, the house mm. full of things, um, I, I like them to be, uh, yes, they're delight to look at. They're mm-hmm. all, a lot of them hold really good memories. Yeah. Um, but one day I'm not going to be here mm-hmm. and what's what's it going to matter mm-hmm. if without investing in people mm. so that's good it's good to focus on the things that are eternal you know yes. not getting so caught up in the little things in life um and with that though you're talking a lot about legacy what's what do you want to be remembered for once you're gone you know because a lot of people are I don't know like, I don't know, I think of gravestones with saying, like, loving wife and mother, loving father and boss, or something like that, um, which is very surface level. But what do you what do you want to be remembered for? Well, being rescued. Hmm. Um, really, I was rescued hmm. from a life that would have been dull and... Yeah unfulfilling Mm. and would have inevitably ended up eternally Mm. awful yeah so i'd like to remember be remembered for being rescued for loving god imperfectly Mm. um and getting that all i have is grace Mm. so and if i can just impart that to you know everybody else you god loves you and really his grace is sufficient i know mm-hmm. again it just sounds you know especially for young moms when you're like trying to get everything done and you're yeah. you know a failure at the end of the day because you know somebody bumped their head and and the other one bumped their lip and they threw food all over and you're just like never ending uh whirlwind of mess mm. His grace is sufficient. Yeah. And I want to be known as a person who loved people. But I only have that love and I only have that desire because he rescued me and he gave it to me. Hmm. Um, yeah. You know, if I could help you guys, and just like the young people at work, if I can help you learn now what I learned at 40 or 45 Mm -hmm. and give you like a 20 year heads up on what's really important Mm. um, and how you want to spend your time and how to view things from other people's perspectives Mm -hmm. Um, choosing battles (laughs) you know choosing battles is really um, really a good one but I know. I think I would. I mean, just for any of you to say that, like, 
I was an excellent mom. Mm-hmm. That really could be the only thing ever said about me. <laughs> if it's said by you, Arthur or Emily, mm-hmm. it will never top mm. anything any other person outside of this house ever says about me. Because you guys are the voices that I listen to. Mm. Um, because you know me. Yeah. All of the people at work, they know the work me, they know investor mm-hmm. Holly, they know <laughs> compassionate Holly, they know mom of the front end Holly. Yeah. Right? They know kind Holly. But you know, you have seen every part of me. And mm. you love me. Yeah. You know, and your brother and your sister. Mm. Um, it's those people mm-hmm. that have the loudest voice. Mm. The loudest voice. The most important voice. Whether it's something I want to hear or not. If you're telling me something I don't want to hear, it's got to be true. <laughs> you know, it has to yeah. be true because <laughs> you know. Mm. Um, and so... Having a legacy of being one who lays their life down for others. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's that's the goal yeah. for pursuing God. Yeah. So, yeah, that's amazing. Um, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks. I'll come ask me again. I yeah. thought I wouldn't have stuff to talk about. Yeah. No, I would love to have you on again. That was great. <laughs> All, All right. right. I love you. Love you too.